Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special episode of The Gong, the podcast all about sales at startups. And as always, I will be your host. My name is Adriel, and I'm excited about today's episode because it's a little bit different. It's actually very different than the usual episode where we interview a founder or sales executive or head of marketing at a startup and learn about how they do things. On this episode, I'm going to actually just read you an article that I recently wrote about the questions you should ask yourself to understand if your startup is too early. Timing is incredibly important to the success of a startup, and timing is also important to the strategy that a seller has as they approach how to sell their product. You know, if you're launching a self-driving car company in 2014, you need to have a very different idea of how you're gonna approach customers, who your customers are, how you're gonna talk to them, versus if you're launching a self-driving car company today. Uh, the market's different, customer expectations are different, and very importantly, the actual status of the technology is different. So we'll be talking about this a lot more over the next uh, few months. This is something I've been reading and thinking about a lot. Um, but without further ado, I'm going to read you an article that you can also find on my LinkedIn I am a Lubarski two all over LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere else. So I hope you enjoy it. Here it goes. Three questions to understand if your startup is too early. The most important ingredient in the recipe for a successful startup is timing. For every breakout success, there are thousands of startups that launched too early or too late and were unable to last long enough to find startup Valhalla. Bill Gross, the CEO of Idealab and founder of over 100 startups, seven of which have achieved valuations of over, of over $1 billion, agrees that timing is the most important part of succeeding, more important even than the founding team or the right investors, and is responsible for 42% of a startup's success. Most often, timing seems like it can only be analyzed in hindsight. But entrepreneurs should still be aware of the risks of starting too early, and they should approach founding a company with a thoughtful conversation about timing. There's a uh, quick aside, the great quote by Dyke Eisenhower, that while plans are useless, planning is everything. And I think that applies very well to this. The risks of starting too early. If you start your company too early, the technologies you need to leverage may not be fully developed, and your customers may not even be ready for your product. Your potential customers have already lived through enough hype cycles to be wary of buying into certain products too early. Technological hype cycles are nothing new, and they've tricked companies into early investments in the past. Like when in 1958, headlines preached that, quote, within 10 years, a digital computer will be the world's chess champion. Inspiring an early AI frenzy that came probably about 40 years too late. Clearly, this promise of technology, like many others after and before, didn't come to pass. So, customers wait to see proof points. And while frustrating, this is an entirely justified response. So, here are some questions to help identify your timing. Before launching on the already challenging mission of starting a company, you should ask yourself three questions to take a good hard look at whether your timing might be too early. And as a quick aside, if you're at a company that has already started, as many people are, you should ask yourself these questions anyway because at least it'll allow you to be honest and thoughtful about what kind of timing you're in right now and create a strategy off of it, something we can talk about later. Now back to the article. 
Question one. Does a solution like yours exist anywhere in the world? Contrary to popular lore, entrepreneurs rarely create something the likes of which have never been seen before. Even the most ambitious technology companies have some sort of predecessors. Google was not the first search engine. It actually started four years after Yahoo. The iPhone wasn't the first smartphone. Nokia had actually been making internet-connected phones since 2001. If nothing like your solution exists in any form, proceed with caution. It could mean either that it's been tried and successfully, or that no one else, including many smart people, have wanted to give it a try. If it's the former, that it's already been tried unsuccessfully and has failed, you should analyze that attempt and understand what went wrong. Did the failed entrepreneurs choose the wrong market? Were they missing a key industry insight? Has a crucial technology developed ever since their attempt? And if it's the latter, and no one has really given it a try before, is that because you're the first to have thought of this idea, which is possible but unlikely, or has something in the market, maybe regulatory, maybe technological, changed recently that would allow you to succeed? This was the case for Uber, which built its app-based ride-hailing service in 2009, shortly after the launch of the Apple App Store. No one had imagined the tech-based solution to taxi cabs before because it was impossible until a new technology, mobile internet, and the App Store came around. Uber's launch was perfectly timed, coming just a year after the iPhone launched publicly as they rode the waves of technological improvements, without which their business model wouldn't have worked. Question number two, is your solution as it works today especially helpful? All startups are pitching MVPs, minimum viable products, with slow web pages or poor UI or missing features or incomplete tool sets. Often, it'll take years to get a product that people really and truly love beyond what they have today. Because remember, the greatest competition you face is just the status quo. But your product, with all of its many flaws, has to entice customers today with something that you offer. Airbnb is a great example of this. They launched famously as airbedandbreakfast.com with a janky website, few listings, and a lot of confusion about why anyone would ever sleep in a stranger's home. What they did have on their side was product timing fit, which is a slight variation on the popular product market fit. Product timing fit meant, in other words, that their janky solution was sufficient to solve a problem on day one of operations. By launching around the time of the Democratic presidential debates, they had the benefit of thousands of people traveling to concentrated locations without the hotel supply side to serve them. And by launching in the midst of a recession, Airbed and Breakfast found hosts who were looking to make some extra money and guests who wanted to save money. So even though Airbnb was a long way from the seamless, ubiquitous experience that they offer today, their timing allowed them to have a market at the time of their launch with an unfinished product. Question three. If you had 24 months and double the resources, would the solution you create be better than the status quo? Customers will only put up a bro with a broken solution for so long, and most investment rounds from your venture capitalists won't look further than one to two years into the future. The right sales team can, of course, sell the dream 
to early customers. And, and a well-oiled customer experience machine can keep people engaged, even as tech promises go unkept, which they almost always will be. But if you don't deliver something of true value within a short time frame, if you really don't help your customers in some way, even if that help is repairing them for the future in a convincing way, you are too early. This is one of the many challenges that a company like Theranos faced. Their ambitious goal to do 500 blood tests off of a single drop of blood excited investors like the Walton family and venture capitalist Tim Draper and customers like Walgreens and Safeway. Walgreens, to use one example, put Theranos equipment in over 40 stores, spending millions of dollars on this contract. And they were okay putting up with the technical inadequacies of the product. They bought into the vision. They were sold, but only for just over two years before they canceled the partnership and sent Theranos into a downward spiral. So if you answered no to any of these questions, maybe you won't be able to provide value in 24 months. Maybe your solution as it works today is not especially helpful. If you answer no to these questions, it doesn't mean that you're doomed. It doesn't mean you shouldn't start the company. Vice versa, starting early actually has its advantages. If you can live through the inevitable winters and survive the challenging lean years, once the pieces fall into place, you will be the venerable genius in a crowd of young companies, young whippersnappers, all just gaining market share on the back of your sacrifice. If you can survive the longest, if you can think and be, be thoughtful and pause and know where you are and be honest about your timing and survive through the winters until the technology catches up or the market catches up to your needs, you will be a leader once you go through that trough. So if you find that your startup is possibly too early, stay lean, stay focused, go slow, and don't worry about premature growth. Growth is not the metric you should be going by. The metric is value delivered to customer. Build your core technology. Work with a limited set of important customers who believe in your vision and have the patience for you. Set expectations and hunker down. Hopefully soon, but also maybe not too soon, you'll be rewarded. Thanks for listening. If you want to read the article, you can find us on LinkedIn, Alubarski2, or Twitter, same place. And if you like what we talk about here, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars, even four stars, but preferably not so much less. Thank you. Happy selling.